0: Our customers are probably our best source of our story. We have so many people that come into our store and they say, oh, I heard about you from this person or that person. And my grandfather was active in the community. My dad, they called him the mayor of Clematis Street, which is the street that we've been on now since the 1930s, so almost 100 years on the street. And then I grew up here, so I have lots of friends. And now my daughters are here. They also grew up here. So I would say our story just sort of gets out. We're all involved in the community. So we meet lots of people. When people come in the store, they like to meet us. And we're involved in the day-to-day operations of the store. We try to get involved in the customers. If they're involved in some kind of a charity or something, We get involved with that. We know their moms and we know their sisters. You know, it's family. And I think that that's one of the things that people really like is they feel comfortable and they're not just a customer.
1: So much from the past is long gone. Corded phones, the food pyramid, writing checks at the grocery store, But on the flip side, there are things from years gone by that have come back. I mean, mom jeans, anyone? Although they may be out of style again, I'll have to check. But then there are things that last the test of time, traditions, styles, and yes, even businesses. Pioneer Linens is one of those companies that has stood strong for more than a hundred years. And sure, it has gone through its fair share of changes and pivots over the years, But as president of the company, Penny Murphy told me on this episode of Up Next in Commerce, the commitment to serving its customers has remained through it all. And today, Pioneer Linens is succeeding by giving customers the best experience, not just in store, but online as well. In fact, this family-owned business moved into the world of e-commerce way back in the 90s, 1998 to be exact, and Penny actually led the charge. We got into that story and dug into the company's long history. The lessons Penny and her daughters have carried into running the business today and where this century-old company is headed next. So cozy up and enjoy today's episode with Penny Murphy. Really quick, I wanna say thank you, thank you to our awesome sponsor, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. And I'm gonna allow them to give you the inside scoop into some of the findings from their most recent state of commerce report.
0: Hi, this is John from Salesforce. Did you know that companies of all sizes and industries power their digital customer journeys with Commerce Cloud? Salesforce Commerce Cloud delivers B2B and B2C commerce, as well as order management around the globe. And with Commerce Cloud, you can engage with your customers anywhere and personalize interactions everywhere. Scale and innovate with ease and drive some serious growth for your business. And speaking of innovation, we recently surveyed nearly 1,400 commerce leaders and analyzed the consumer shopping and business buying behavior of more than 1 billion customers worldwide. And we uncovered emerging trends that will influence how companies can be successful and stay ahead in this ever-evolving landscape. To check out the trends we discovered, go to sfdc.co slash That's sfdc.co slash one word.
1: Before we get started, I wanted to remind you to subscribe to our weekly e-commerce newsletter at mission.org slash upnext in commerce. It's amazing, it's great, you will learn a lot of good things. Go subscribe. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Up Next in Commerce. I'm your host, Stephanie Postles, CEO at mission.org. And today, joining us is Penny Murphy, who's the president of Pioneer Linens, Palm Beach's premier luxury linen retailer that's family-owned and was founded in 1912. Penny, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to have you guys on because we have not had many companies on the show. I think only one other one that was more than maybe 50 years old. So it's exciting to have not only a family-owned business, but one that's been around so long. And I was hoping we could kind of start with a bit of history of like, where did Pioneer Linens even start out back in time?
0: my grandfather was um, an Austrian immigrant. He came over here in the early 1900s. And at that time, they were giving away land in South Florida, which would be nice today because everything is crazy here. I want some. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And then um, when he got down here, the people were living in tents and he saw that there would be a need for hardware stores. So he um, worked it out and He sold hammers and nails and dynamite and other things that the settlers would need to be able to build their homes. It was still pretty primitive. There were lots of alligators, crazy mosquitoes. And, you know, I can't even imagine the living conditions that he had to be able to brave to to stick with it. But um, after a while and, and the people got settled, then. He changed the store a little bit and he added some um kerosene lamps and ice boxes because there was still no electricity and other goods
1: to make the homes uh, more comfortable. And so mm-hmm. that's sort of how things started. That's wild to think about yeah, living conditions back then and even being able to start a company back then. I mean, that takes a lot of guts, I would say, to come over into a place you haven't been before and you know, just say, I'm gonna start a business and I see a need here. I mean, Does that run in the family? I mean, it seems like it does based off of everyone who's running it now and yourself and, you know, people in the family who are working in the business. Like, where does that come from?
0: Well, I mean, I think he certainly was a good role model. I mean, he he had to learn English and be able to communicate with the other people that were living down here at the time. I think that my father was really smart and he saw the way that my grandfather had gone from hardware into home goods.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then he was able to see what was happening. I mean, whatever was going on in the community, that's where we look. And and a lot of it comes from our customers. They'll come in and they'll say, "Well, do you have this or do you have that?" And mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of looking around and seeing what people want.
1: I mean, I read through the history on your guys' website, and I want you to kind of walk through just some of the bigger pivots that happened in company history from, you know, where you started as a hardware store. Like, what were some of the big moments in company history where you kind of changed product skews completely or like your direction?
0: Well, for my grandfather, things went pretty well until the end of the 1920s. And that was when um, in 1928, we had a horrible hurricane here that just blew South Florida apart. And of course that time they had no warning for hurricane. So it would just start raining and then all hell would break loose. Um, so that happened in 1928. And then in 1929, there was the stock market crash. Mm-hmm. So after those two things happened, he decided that um, Lake Worth may not be the biggest part of the growth in in this area and things were happening in West Palm Beach. So he took a store space on Clematis, and that is the building
1: that we're still in today. So, I mean, do you see similarities today from maybe like stories you've heard from your dad or grandfather around, you know, back in the 1912 days when they were like, you had to pivot quickly, lots of things were happening it feels kind of similar today. I mean, especially with everything that's been happening in the past two years, companies have had to either quickly pivot business models or supply chain, how they even reach their customers. I mean, what are maybe some similarities that you kind of see coming back around again that maybe you've already kind of experienced or been through before?
0: Well, I think it's really interesting because in the 1920s, before the crash, things were going sky high and kind of like it is today. Land was just going crazy and people were buying and and flipping it just like they are today. And so um, that was going on. And then in um, 1918, they had that swine flu virus Mm -hmm. and we had the pandemic, you know, Mm a hundred years later. So, you know, history does repeat itself. Who knew that that was going to happen?
1: What are you preparing for now then when you're kind of seeing similarities play out or is there anything where you're like, oh, I remember my dad told me this or this lessons kind of, coming into the real world now and now I can apply it? Like what things are you paying attention to that maybe I should be paying attention to right now? So for
0: us, we are planning um, to have a really great inventory this year. We're stocking up. We have people walking in every day asking and, and trying to start planning what they're going to do and how, how they're going to stock their linens for the season. Last year, it was really interesting um, when the or when the pandemic struck, we thought, oh, gosh, we're going to be dead in the water here. But Mm -hmm. um, it's really interesting. There were a lot of people who got out of the north and came down here and stayed. And so while they were down here, they were calling up and saying, "I, I need new pillows. They weren't going out to dinner. They were buying Um, lots of napkins and placemats and just other things. Um, I think that they were not uh, traveling. So they were doing a few renovations and saying, okay, I'm going to work on this now. I can't go anywhere. I've been meaning to redo this bedroom or redo this bathroom. And, you know, so it kind of kept us busy. And that was
1: super nice. Yeah. So did when all this was happening, we've heard from a lot of guests who've been on that, you know, e-commerce sales skyrocketed more than they ever could have dreamed of. I'm guessing something happened to you all as well when, you know, a lot of things shifted online. And if so, what did that look like?
0: So the governor said that we had to shut our doors, but because we had our internet um, we were able to keep several people on for fulfillment of that. And um, all of a sudden our e-commerce doubled overnight. It was, you know, it was just, um, really interesting to see what people needed and, um, you know, what they wanted to put in their houses and and how they were going to spend their time.
1: So were you having flashbacks to earlier in company history where I know you were the one who actually took the company online to begin with? So I kind of want to even go back and hear about, you know, what did that look like? I think it was back in 1998 where you were trying to convince maybe team members or leadership to go online. What was that like for you back then?
0: Well, first of all, I had to convince my father who was <laughs> in his 80s at that time, late 80s, although he was pretty progressive. But mm-hmm. anyway, I had to convince him and he was sort of like, I don't want to hear it. Just see if you can put it together and don't don't let it cost too much. Uh-huh. So I did a little research and I and I got it going. But it was sort of interesting because... When I did it, um, a lot of the other people who were in the store did not understand how the sales would take place. And they Mm -hmm. said that, um, they said, who's going to buy linens online? People need to touch and feel linens. And I said, well, there's a lot of of places where people don't have a pioneer linens where they can't touch. And, um, you know, we can send them samples. And anyway, it all worked out. And then the other thing was that people said, who's going to put their credit card online or on the internet? Um, You you know, that's just too scary. And again, we know how that worked out. So one of the other things that we started um, when the things had to shut down is we started videoing, uh, video selling. And so we used our phones and we used iPads and walk through the store with people so that um, they felt comfortable, they could see the styles. We're so fortunate. We have quite a few people that have worked for us for a very long time. They're, they're almost like extended family as well. And they love what they're doing and they love our linen. So it was really nice that they were able to connect with our customers that way.
1: I love that. I mean, I can definitely see how that would work well. Are you all still sticking with the strategy of kind of doing, you know, having your employees shoot very authentic videos? Or now, because maybe I'm sure your retail location is open back up now, have you kind of gone back to the traditional way of, you know, marketing?
0: Yes, we are doing traditional marketing. About six months into the pandemic, we started doing some television commercials, which we mm-hmm. hadn't done in the past. And that seemed to, give us a little pop. And, yeah. uh, and we've continued with that. And
1: that's been really good for our business. That's great. I've actually heard quite a few guests come on and say that they're leaning back into television. I feel like it was a property that was kind of pulled away from for a couple of years of like, oh, that's too expensive. You know, I don't even know if who's watching that is who I want to get in front of. And now between that and direct mail, it seems like what's old is new again. And people are leaning into that strategy again. What are some of the top maybe campaigns or, you know, assets that you're pulling together and running that you're seeing success with? Like, what do you what do you see that your audience is liking right now that you're making?
0: Well, I think the thing that we want people to know is that when you come to our store, a lot of linen boutiques like ours don't keep a big stock. And mm-hmm. so when someone comes in, um, and this was something that I learned from my dad, because being in Palm Beach, it's a seasonal location. So when someone calls and they need something, they may only be in the area for a couple of months or a couple of weeks. And so Mm -hmm. they want it and they want it now. So we keep a very large inventory of um, everything that we have and and Mm -hmm. back it up so that when someone comes in, they can get that instant gratification. So that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that we talk about um, in our commercial. And then the other thing is that we want people to know that it is um, it's not just sheets or it's not just towels, but we also have beautiful table linens. We have great bathroom accessories and and what we carry is very high end. So Mm -hmm. most of the time, things like that have to be ordered. Um, And again, that we want to emphasize that our inventory is complete. You know, it's there
1: how much do you lean into your company story because that's something you see so many new companies popping up direct to consumers popping up and really trying to lean into a story that is you know pretty nascent like they just started and they're trying to create that brand voice in the story how have you maybe seen that work well for you guys because to me you have such a unique background there's probably millions of stories that you could tell like how do you kind of jump on that and be able to turn that into content that people can connect with
0: Believe it or not, our customers are probably our best source of our story. I mean, mm-hmm. they we have so many people that come into our store and they say, oh, I heard about you from this person or that person. You know, my, my grandfather was active in the community. My dad, what they called him the mayor of Clematis Street, which is the street that we've been on now for since the 1930s. So almost 100 years on the street. And then I grew up here, so I have lots of friends. And now my daughters are here. They also grew up here. So um, I would say our story just sort of gets out. We're all involved in the community, so we meet lots of people. Um, When people come in the store, they like to meet us. And and we're involved in the Mm -hmm. day-to-day operations of the store. We try to get involved in the customer's. Um, if they're involved in some kind of a charity or something, you know.
1: Yep. I love that. And you can see consumers kind of seeking that now trying to find the brands that really want to connect with them, that they have the good customer experience with that, you know, the brands who are doing the extra little one-offs that many others wouldn't. And you can see I think the world is kind of turning into a different place that expectations are growing where they want more companies like yours that they know if they call, they're going to get someone on the phone and, you know, the president is going to be in the storefront and you'll be able to interact if you want to. So that's amazing. I I love hearing about that. Thank you. So tell me a bit about how you guys expand into different categories and, you know, create, like pull new products into the fold? Because I saw you specialize in things like yacht linens, which I'm like, wow, that's very niche having linens for my yacht, which I don't own yet. But how, how do you pick out, you know, products to lean into like that and kind of know that you're ready to go deep in a vertical? Who's kind of guiding those decisions? Well, we
0: got into the business because people wanted those linens they were sleeping on really fine linens. And, and I guess this happened sort of the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when linens kind of changed from being basic percale or Satine. Most people were buying Fieldcrest or I can't even remember what the other ones were at that time, but that was probably the best known brand. And um, And then some of the the providers changed and they decided that they were going to create something more special. There were two things that happened at that time. That's kind of fun as one, the um, furniture company started making big mattresses before that all mattresses were pretty basic and they were like maybe seven inches. And all of a sudden they made them between 10 and 15 inches. And in some cases now they're even larger than that. Unfortunately, They failed to consult the sheet companies before they did that. So people came in and they went, oh, I have a brand new mattress, blah, blah, blah. But these sheets don't fit it. And all those sheets had to be custom made at that time. So that was an expense that they weren't, you know, realizing that they were going to have to incur. And Mm -hmm. uh, around that same time, um, some of the smaller companies decided that they were going to make Better linens, so these people got these wonderful sheets, and they were super comfortable, and they were sleeping on those. And then um, the yacht people were just selling some basics. So we found out that when people go on their yachts, those are sort of what we call their floating mansions at sea. I mean, they have. I mean, some of these yachts are just amazing. They've got beautiful art collection on it. They've got Mm -hmm. Lalique all over the place. Everything is just. It's super nice. They want their yachts to be comfortable just like their um, any of their homes. And we learned how to measure and how to um, put it together so it would be comfortable. Another part of it is doing like the little, if you watch Below Deck, they have mm-hmm. those tiny little spaces for the people yeah. to work on there. So we make mm-hmm. sheets for that as well. But again, it's always just listening to what our customers are asking for and saying, sure, we'll find that for you.
1: Hey there, are you enjoying the show so far? Well, imagine your company's advertising placed right in this very spot during a future interview with another elite e-commerce mind. Imagine your messaging and logo directly connected to the industry's most prominent innovators and thought leaders distributed across every major podcast platform and social network. Yeah, well, it's time to stop imagining. Learn how you can partner with UpNext Next in Commerce and sponsor this very show. Reach out to me at stephanie@mission.org at and let's have a conversation. Have you ever had customers ask for something that you're like, no, that's weird. We're not doing that. <laughs> Any funny stories around that? One of the things I think some
0: guy came in or not came in, I'm sorry, he called us. I guess he had he had like two size mattresses that he had put together, you know, I mean, uh-huh. here's some interesting stories. We don't ask any questions. We just <laughs> listen. Um, we had another customer in Palm Beach that had a round bed that we used to have to make sheets for the round bed.
1: Interesting. Okay. I, uh, I did, I went to a party once and one of my friends had a, I don't know if she's my friend. She was at the party and it was her house and she had a clamshell bed and ask any questions I'm like, that looks like a uh, very interesting bed that only some places would carry. In Vegas, <laughs> but it was yeah. pretty funny. And I was, the thing I was thinking about was actually like, what do you, like, where do you get your linens from? Who actually has round bed linens? I That's know. Really hard to find. They probably
0: have to be custom made. You know, how, like when you have a laundry bag, they have the string mm-hmm. on the top. And mm-hmm. so that was what we ended up having to do with that. They would put this whatever, forever. And then they had this cording that they pulled tight that would make it fit.
1: It's always a way. So, I mean, when thinking about, you know, there's always a solution because, you know, you come from this place of so much generational knowledge and tips and business advice, I'm sure. I want to kind of hear some of your best pieces of of business advice you've received from either your dad or your grandfather or someone you've worked with, because I want, I want those tips too. Well, unfortunately I was only 10 when my grandfather passed away. So
0: you know, I love my grandpa and we used to hang out. He loved him, Rummy. That's my, those are my basic memories about my grandfather. OK, um, but my dad was really pretty brilliant. Um, he spent a lot of time advertising. You know, the customer is always right. He really believed in that. He, and he asked a lot of questions. He was a really good listener. Um, he knew how to help his employees and to really nurture them along. Back in the day, because women were not as educated, and those were basically the people who were selling back in the, um, you know, between the late 50s and and 70s. And I guess some of the people who were working hadn't done this before. So my dad would um, give lessons every morning for about 15 minutes, and he would talk about a product. He would talk about um, the strategies of selling. Um, He would talk about know, how to relate to your customer. And he would take time to, um, you know,
1: ask each person what they needed and to nurture them along the way. I love that. That's great. I mean, it sounds like you guys have a really great internal company culture. What kind of advice would you give a brand who's, you know, just starting out maybe and trying to think about how to get a really good culture? Maybe they're not, you know, a hundred plus year old business. Like what kind of advice would you give? I mean, just the example you just gave me I think is very valuable of like how does a you know CEO or president think about bringing on new employees and do they always need to be the perfectly trained or can you actually you know upskill them and have daily little huddles with them for 15 minutes so what kind of things do you do
0: We do the daily huddles for about 15 minutes um if we get something new in that we haven't um, had before, we'll bring it to the from the stock room to the sales floor and we'll talk about it and we'll talk about what colors it comes in, what sizes it comes in. I mean, knowledge is power. And so when mm-hmm. our salespeople are trained and they have um, the knowledge that they need to sell it, then, um, you know, that's beneficial for everybody. So I would say taking that time to train your employees. I would also realize that everybody's different and everybody, um, you know, you're not going to have two people that are the same. You have to just try to connect with each of your sales associates or whoever works in your store and and know what they need and um, what are their best. I mean, we're a little bit flexible in hours. We're we're not, you know, totally. I I mean, you can't, you can't have an organization and not be a little bit organized. But, um, you know, if somebody has a problem with their child and they need to go, I mean, we, we try to be flexible with them.
1: Yeah, that's the uh, the way of the future, it seems, especially now that everyone's kind of gotten used to that flexibility. And, you know, they've seen a new way, especially in tech companies. It's, it seems like flexibility will be the new norm going forward.
0: And for us, too, um, because it's a family business we're not open at night at all. We're not open on any Sundays. I mean, that's just, you know, it, Mm -hmm. it makes what it makes. And I don't know that I really, you know, want to just wear anybody out, nor do I want to not be able to spend time with my family and my new babies that we have now. So
1: amazing. So tell me a bit about what's next for Pioneer Linens. Like, what are you most excited about? Where are you all heading over the next year or so? Well, I think one of the things
0: that we're really excited about is that um, about a year and a half ago, my daughter went over to um, Europe and did a little research over there and found some things that now we've been private labeling. And so that has been really fun. And it sets us apart from what some of our other people are doing. Um, We work a lot with designers and and have for um, probably since the early 2000s. And mm-hmm. so that has been fun because we'd be able to create custom things for them. If they have wallpaper that they're trying to do some kind of a, a motif with, we can find that particular color thread or we can do that design for them. We recently just somebody called and wanted some um, a coverlet and we found someone who could paint the design that they wanted to do. So I think that that's that's one of the directions that we're heading. We're hoping to do more um, online. My daughter, Marissa, heads up our internet and we're trying to put a little bit more focus into
1: that as well. That's amazing. All right, let's shift over to the lightning round. The lightning round is brought to you by Salesforce Commerce Cloud. This is where I ask you one question, Penny, and you have a minute or less to answer. Are you ready? Let's try it. All right. What's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for you?
0: I mean, I guess it would just have to be my family. I'm just, you know, really lucky to have a a good family and and they um, are good about supporting me and I'm going to get off here and I'm going to
1: say, oh my gosh, I should have said this. (laughs) That's all right. The family one's a good one too, though. I like that. Next up, what's one thing you don't understand today that you wish you did? It could be some tech or an idea or concept or something.
0: Well, I don't understand about this, this Bitcoin stuff.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I not a clue of what the Bitcoin has anything yep. to do
1: with. Don't worry. We've had many guests say the same thing. So we'll have to do a- another Bitcoin show. I'll find a sponsor. And then you can just come and listen in when, when it's ready. Sounds good. I don't know. A lot of hocus pocus, but whatever. Yeah, we'll find out. What's up next on your reading list? What are you diving into these days?
0: Well, um, over the pandemic, I actually started reading a lot of the books about Florida. So mm-hmm. I will probably continue reading some of those books. And, um, and probably the Katie Couric book that's just come out. I have to confess, I'm kind of a yep. fan.
1: Nice. You have to tell me how that is. And the last one, when you want to motivate your team, what do you do?
0: Well, I like to eat. So uh, <laughs> we try to have some kind
1: of a little dinner and mm-hmm. get everybody together. I love that. Food. How can you not bond over food? That's it. Absolutely. That's great. Well, Penny, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was really cool to hear the whole company background and your history and all your wisdom. So Thank you very much. Where can people find out more about Pioneer Linens?
0: I would encourage them to visit our website. Our little history story is on the website. There's lots of stories about um, what each different person has contributed over the years, um, as well as how to take care of your linens. That's a big thing that people always want to know. We also have um, on there how to measure if you want a tablecloth, how do you measure to make sure that you're getting the right lengths for your tablecloth? Um, lots of how to So I would say visit
1: www.pioneerlinens.com. Amazing. Thanks so much, Penny. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, you'll probably also love our e-commerce newsletter. To get it delivered straight to your inbox every week, sign up at mission.org slash upnextincommerce.